me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Well, it was a good thing that we both much today. It's only 2 nothing, right? Uh, no, you just missed a f- the three-run homer that just happened seconds ago. Make that five nothing. Well, at least we'll have the wild card game. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you bastards! Pick a mood, will you, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to HBC Talk Radio. Your favorite racist is here. I'm Dan Colachico. If you ask Cowboys fans. I'm it. I will live. This little cracker will live rent free in the Cowboys fans' mind for all time. I'm Dan Calchico, and I grew out of racism when I left New Jer- when I left uh, high school in Jersey because I'm not a moron. Um, Craig Lagans is here. Who could vouch for me? Uh, you stupid assholes. Anyway, welcome to HIC Talk Radio. We have quite the bit. You tried, Cowboys fans. I commend you. A for effort. Uh, we're here this week. Talk, we'll be talking shortly about Antonio Inoki. We we'll talk about AEW and how uh, they got worse somehow. And the start of a TV show you and I are both very interested in. Um, I do want to say this, though, before I forget, because I will forget by the time the conversation comes around. When the man, when the conversation, when the man, comes around, when the conversation comes around. Um, <laughs> Vice has announced, unless this was a troll, and I I checked it wasn't, uh, Vice is going to do a Vince McMahon documentary soon. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, the one thing I do appreciate about Vice is they don't have to worry about the revisionist history the WWE usually does. And now we literally have, other than the man dying, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that either way. I'm just, we all die. I just yeah. mean the very end. Uh, I think the Vince McMahon story is finally has a beginning, middle, end. Uh, so it'll be interesting on how much of that end they tell because they have specifically meant uh, mentioned in the announcement of that said documentary that they are going to talk about the scandal that had him resign from the WWE, which we're all better for. Uh, yeah, Craig. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's refreshing that that the Vice guys are doing it. Uh, yes, th- these two. Uh, gentlemen whose names I wrote down and of course can't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Are have been doing a, a, just a tremendous job in their look at professional wrestling from the Dark Side of the Ring series that they're doing, and now Tales from the Territory. I mean, they got so much attention from it from wrestling fans and from people that, uh, and even the WWF stories that they did. I mean, they got they got blasted by Hulk Hogan. Because of the Randy oh, I can't imagine because wow. of the Randy Savage one, but they got praised by The Rock, who loved their stuff, and it was 
Rock, who reached out to them because he wanted to see more stories like that about the territories. And there were so these tales from the territories that we're doing tonight. What up, D Mac? Uh, that we're all three of us are going to watch. That all three of us are going to watch tonight is executive produced by The Rock and his wife, his uh, ex wife, uh, Garcia. But uh, that's a major, you know, uh, great. That's the the single best. I mean, the number one box office movie star on earth is your executive producer. So, you know, it's going to, if not for him, we probably would not, not have had a Vince McMahon documentary done by these men because. You know, anything that WWE has done, especially those A&E biographies, have a heavily slanted WWE version of history. So uh, this McMahon documentary that's done independently by someone else, but can still tell the story, it'll be told by people that don't have to worry about their jobs or their livelihoods being threatened, and we might actually get a full truth. Speaking of the full truth, the truth Speaking is of the full truth. Yes, the truth the is, truth the, is the Mets had a ten and a half game lead in June. I knew he did it. He led right into it. I promised I wasn't going to say a word. No, you know what? <laughs> no, now this is what happened. Well, what what we had happened was game lead. We did, and then the Braves got back two of their best players. One from injury. One came back from beating his wife. Yep, I'm telling the truth. And then they went on this. <laughs> they, went on, they went on this ridiculous run. And my guy started dropping like flies. We had a hundred wins. I can't look. I'm a Mets. If you win a hundred games, yes. it could be worse. It could be worse. Yes. And there it is. The Mets credo. It could be worse. It could, it could be, be worse. No, no. Hey, hey, it's gonna be interesting. You clinched and three days or four days later, we clinched. Uh, so we all have a horse in this race this time. So we're all clinched. Yeah, we're all clinched. My butthole tightly clinched. Yes. Clinch. Uh, I- Beaver, clinch it. Although, although I do think it's uh, Dodgers, Astros in the World Series. I don't see Good. anybody beating those two teams. Honestly, is that the case? I'd rather see the Mets because I'm so fucking tired of the Astros. God damn it! I just don't. <laughs> I don't the, get. I, I just want the. I don't want the Dodgers. I don't have uh, yeah. So I either way, either way, please, one of us. God damn it, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, uh, let's get right into it. First of all, we haven't congratulated you on the show yet because since you have been on the show, you've had a, another baby. Your son is here and you are tired because of it. Yes, I actually, it was so long ago. I was the last time I was on the show was when I came home from him being born. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was the mom was at the hospital. Pardon me. Yeah, my, That's how bad my memory yeah. is, bro. <laughs> and the baby's two now. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's walking around here somewhere. Uh, your other six two. Yes, he's six two. How old is he? He's sixteen. Make so, uh, sure I make sure I'll stay on your good side, Derek. That's why I don't take pictures next. Like people go, you don't take pictures next to him. Like no, I, nope. I don't need. No, that. because he's taller than me. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. No. Uh, let's. Let's get Mr. McDonald right in on this. We were talking about that Vice finally. Uh, Vice announced a Vince McMahon documentary, so we know we're going to get it unfiltered, untouched, and un, un, uh, unmolested. No pun intended, but I'm going to use it uh, by Vince McMahon and the WWE. Your thoughts, because Vice is doing it, and we're going to get the whole story, the tooth, and nothing but the tooth. 
Um, you know what I think? Vice has a thing where when they cover somebody who has somewhat of a shady past, it tends to open up a whole can of worms <laughs> after it airs. So I fully expect after this Vince thing happens that all these old stories are going to pop back up and it's going to bring even more drama to the McMahon name, um, probably for the better. But oh, I'm into it. But uh, I think it's going to cause, like, I mean, we heard the plane ride from hell stories for how many years? And it took for Vice to cover it, for Ric yeah. Flair to cancel and all these things to happen. So uh, I think Vince is in trouble once this thing airs. I agree. And and Vince has been in trouble for many, many years. This isn't uh, anything that's new, but we never really got a complete story. Just like with anything WWE produced, we never get the full story, um, unfiltered, unfiltered story. And you're right, it, you know, We've all heard the stories about the flight for years, but the fact that it finally was spoken by the people that were actually there uh, and the flight crew, um, he put puts it in a, a, a better context. And you know, when we're well, we're going to watch the tales from the territories today, and that's another unfiltered uh, look at stories that we've always heard, but these are from the people that were actually there and can verify it. So hearing a Mr. McMahon story from the people that know him and the ones that, I guess it was telling Dan earlier, that I don't have to worry about getting fired or their livelihoods yeah. being threatened yeah. and without fear of reprisal, that will be the, uh, the story to, uh, to listen to. And um, looking forward to it. Uh, Isn't and, that great? Yeah. Isn't that great? And Dan, how you said you, you, you just want to live to the next Ghostbusters. I hope Vince is alive when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. No, I was gonna yeah. say I, I, I thought when he was ousted from the company that he was gonna go the way of Joe Paterno, and uh -huh. he was just gonna croak. All he knew was wrestling, and he's still kicking. So uh, I hope he makes it. Yeah. So he has to deal with the the repercussions and all these things going on. Now but, wait a um, minute. Hold on. Counterpoint. I I agree with you guys one hundred percent. But my problem is is we had the Vince McMahon uh, the 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 plane ride from hell thing come out. We had Ric Flair like the full story of how really bad Ric Flair was, and then Ric had had a retirement match. He basically said all those things you heard about me were true, and then he went the fuck home. That's stupid. Vince is never gonna find. I again preface. I agree with you guys. Vince is never gonna face any fucking repercussions. He he got sent home, and that's it. That is all he's gonna ever have to deal with. This slinky. The, but, oh boy! Dan, oh. And Dan, I know, but I but to Vince, that is his punishment because he's not going to be around the day to day operations anymore. So that's his jail. He's like Michael Chiklis at the end of, of the shield. His mm. punishment is that he's no longer out on the streets. He's I'm confined. Kidding. He's confined to a desk. In Vince's case, he's he's home doing yeah. nothing. So yeah. that's and, his and, that's his prison. But yeah, I understand that rep repercussions would be, you know, you want to see someone like that pay for what they've done. Uh, and when it doesn't happen, it's very frustrating. You know. However, though, and we'll go to Derek first, our guest, uh, WWE TV is uh, doing, I I'll say it, I was timid to say it at first, uh, aside from one or two things, one of them being the Judgment Day, and it's, <laughs> it's not, it's just, 
it's not that the group is terrible, terrible, but you track it back to Edge being ousted and it's just gone. <laughs> Other than that, WWE TV has been pretty goddamn good recently. And we got that tease of the, the white rabbit tease, which uh, I have an alternate theory for you. Uh, passed on by our friend Russ. Russ plays games on YouTube. But uh, yeah, WWE TV is uh, it's easier to watch right now. It is for me. Me too. Uh, me too. And and if in uh, it's it's little things that Triple H is doing that uh, makes the product so much better. You know, you let Kevin Owens show up on TV and be Kevin Steen. He's entertaining. You, you let Sami Zayn be Sami Zayn, and he's probably the most entertaining thing on any wrestling show anywhere. Well, I just you real know? quick the shit with him and the bloodlines guy, and then and and Naomi tagging him on a social media post. Yeah. Uh, it, it's I I am that's the best thing on TV on, on WWE in my opinion. Yes, the blood that bloodline stuff adding Sammy is some of the best shit I've seen on TV in a while. I I love it. Yeah. I adore that stuff. It's 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 amazing, and you know even something as small as letting Chad Gable wrestle for more than three minutes every every week and him having entertaining matches, things like that, and. You know, we, we spoke about Vince and him, you know, sitting home and not being able to take part. A part of me wonders if he's seeing all these things like, you know, they're getting better ratings now and they sold out the Royal Rumble and they're three or four months out with nothing announced. And, you know, I wonder if he sees all this success and it's like killing him inside. You know, his Fuck baby him. is doing better now that he's he has nothing to do with it. But um, if you if you want to see the Triple H effect, just look at all the guys who were running out the door when Vince was in charge. Look at all these guys trying to run back from AEW. I think that right there shows you the Triple H effect right there. So, Mr. Lagans. Uh, I don't share you guys' um, view of the show. Uh, it Has it gotten better? Yeah. But um, it sucked before, so now it just merely blows. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I still see the same people week in, week out. Uh, I, I like the returns, but they haven't created any new stars. They just retread the same the same ones they've already had. Um, if they get rid of having Chad Gable wrestle, great. Having Chad Gable with a stupid gimmick, not great. Yeah. Um, you bring uh, and him with Otis. You bring Strowman back, and now he's in a feud with Otis. The first thing Otis does when we get he grabs Strowman is slam him. And str- and that's it. Yeah, I didn't say it was perfect. I just said it was worlds yeah, away from yeah, but, but what are you, what are you doing? You bring the guy back. He looks amazing. Strowman's best shape he's ever been in his life. So why you have Otis this undercard comic act slam him? And it well, takes. Here's off. what I'd like to know: What's Braun Strowman doing there anyway? If you're gonna bring him back, bring it. Make him like a big show. Bring him into a special attraction when somebody needs a tag team partner. Or a or a third for a six man, or an enforcer or something like that, a special ref or anything. Why is it if you're going to bring him back, make it special? You can get some money out of a guy like that, but now you you have him against Otis and he gets slammed, like that takes everything away. Yeah. Um. No, you're not wrong. Thank you. Uh, again, you're the same. The, <laughs> But I mean, the same people every week, the same, uh, the same, they're not, again, they're not making new stars. They have the same old ones. 
Uh, Sheamus has been there for 15 years. And what, what are you going to do with him? Meanwhile, you have a guy that is right there that you can make a ton of money with. Um, that's Austin Theory. And I don't know if he's getting punished because he's one of Vince's guys, but he gets beat like a drum every match he has. I don't think he's won a single match since he won Money in the Bank. And the one guy that they do need to, to push, who's got star written all over him, thank God they got rid of his, he said, F it, I'm done, uh, was um, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Whatever his gimmick. But when he said he's done, thank God, because that was the worst thing. Yeah, let's make him a, a manager of male models. <laughs> so effing stupid. That had been, again, had been written all over it. So you, yeah. you give him something something like that he can work with. You give Austin Theory some wins, make some new stars, make people we care about. And towards the end, like with Raw yesterday, it's getting too much like AEW. After a match is over, there's a beatdown. And it just kept going on and on and on. The the Bailey, the the um uh God, the fuck's name of their their faction. Control, damage control. control. Damage control. 20 minutes they were beating down Bianca and um Alexa and Asuka all night and then to the ladder and they climbed the ladder at the end I think that whole ending they were beating them down for five minutes straight no the referee wasn't ringing the bell nobody was coming down to help no referees were saying break it up it was just let them go that's right out of the AEW playbook um, so yeah, so is it is it better? Yes. Is it much better? Not at all. I'm still seeing the same shit I always I always did, with the exception of Sammy and oh man, who I can't even think of anyone else that's worth looking at that I want to see. There's a pay-per-view this weekend, this Saturday in Philadelphia. I don't care. <laughs> that's where we are. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I guess you could say, what's his name? I was going to call him Walter. What's his name? Uh, Gunther. Uh, Gunther, yeah. You can call him Walter. That's what yeah. I call him. I, I think he could be, they want to look for like a replacement for Brock's. It's going to be there every week. He could be that guy. Yeah. Imperium could be the bloodlines. Yeah. That's who they could go up against. I mean, if they're two heels, but. They just. You have to give him somebody else besides Sheamus. Um, that was one of the things I hated about Vince. Guys feuded for months on end, months on end. Yeah. So I'm hoping after the pay-per-view, he's done with Sheamus. I've enjoyed the matches, but you have to move on. I, I appreciate what they're doing with Bobby Lashley, too, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have a storyline. I guess this storyline is he gets involved with everybody else's business because now he's now he's involved in the Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle thing. But, um, Derek, what I, I like with... Like now, I was going to say, I like that they're trying to bring prestige to the belts, but they need stories behind them. You just can't have guys having good matches every week. Exactly. And, uh, and the ideal plan was Lashley being United States champion for as long as Gunther is the Intercontinental champion, bring both those belts up. They're going to hold those titles for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have them face each other, that's great. But I, exactly what you said, if you're going to bring prestige to the title, don't just have them you know, wrestle and Bobby Lashley's walking in and Mustafa has a problem. Okay, let's wrestle. 
Um, yeah. Get them some, get, have a challenger for the United States title. Have a challenger for the Intercontinental title. That's not Sheamus, but somebody that you hope to elevate. So get a win over Bobby by countout or a, a win over uh, Gunther by disqualification, whoever, and then have to, they have to wrestle again and on a pay-per-view and make it work for the title. And this guy's already got a victory over Gunther. This guy's already got a victory over Bobby Lashley. So then the title match will mean something. Yeah. Kind of build it up. Speaking of meaning something, go ahead, go D, go D, go. I was going to say, just based off what you said, like in a perfect world, that story fits. You, you could do Roman and Sammy at the Royal Rumble for the title. And the people would go nuts just because you've built this story up since the summer. And you know, once they turn on Sammy, everybody's going to feel bad for Sammy. You could have that culminate in a match. Sammy doesn't have to win, but you could tell a great story leading up to the match and through the match. And what you really, what I'm really looking forward to, Derek, is when the Usos tag team championship ring comes to an end, Mm -hmm. it'll be at the hands of Sammy and Kevin Owens. Yes. That's what needs to happen. Yes, which is another underlining story. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just taking forever to get there. Right now, they're going right the, the, the right lines. Speaking of Philly, AEW was in Philly uh, mm-hmm. last week on uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday and Friday. They had six hours of wrestling at the Lee Chorus Center, um, the Matchbox. Oh, that's yeah. rough. That's rough. <laughs> no, no. I mean, just being on the, the at the Leacor Center or just being at Temple is rough. It, at the if you haven't been there, folks, it's Literally. at the corner of Help Me and Oh my God, I'm not kidding. Please help me. Um, <laughs> the best neighborhood in Philadelphia, North Philadelphia. But and and you've heard these stories from AEW fans that they when they have tapings on Wednesday and the tape when they do the live show on Wednesday and they tape shows for Friday, they're there seven o'clock and in some cities, they didn't get out till 1 a.m. So it's a long At that night. point, I'm sleeping in the seat. Yeah. I ain't yeah. going out there after 1. Yeah. Oh. But the uh, the uh, shows, um, uh, the acclaim started off, which is great. And, um, of course, it, and that's how you should start a show. It, and anytime you start a show with the acclaim and you hear JR say, listen, you know, you're <laughs> off to a good start. Max Caster did a great rap and mentioned Ben Simmons, which is always good. Um, very good pop. Uh, and uh, MJF, the only star they have on the show. Fuck Chris Jericho. And no, thank you. The it's fact that, good, well, you can see now that, that all the stars are gone, that Chris Jericho is the only one booking this thing. Cause why else would he put the belt on himself and have yeah. this incredibly long opening with, all the members of his job squad, the guys haven't won a match at all, all dressed in purple. Go ahead, Dan. I just want to inter- just to add to this real quick. Do you remember? I'm glad you mentioned it because I would have forgotten to be mad about this. Um, <laughs> how, how excited I was. Uh, Derek, I think you're on the show when 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 Tony Khan picked up Ring of Honor. I'm like, okay, well, at least they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna do something with it because I know just out of spite. That Tony won't make the same mistake that Vince did with WCW and just shut it off, excuse me, and not do anything with it. And he puts the title on Chris Jericho. 
I can't believe I'm saying this because I used to like Jericho and I'm just tired of him as a human and as a talent right now. And if that word gets to him, I'm a nobody. Please be nice, Mr. Jericho. Kiss my ass. Um, uh, I have not cared less in a long time about wrestling. I didn't think I could care less more about wrestling and then Ring of Honor was like, well, Jericho's your champion. I'm like, oh, that's great. Goodbye. To have Cesaro uh, on the silver platter, someone that the fans are into, some of their wrestling fans are into, someone who wrestled in Ring of Honor. The reason you brought him in in the first place, supposedly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and not only has he lost to Chris Jericho and lost to Ring of Honor, he hasn't been on TV since. So again, what was the point? You bring the, these guys, these former WWE guys in for that initial pop or initial rub, and it looks like they're finally going to do something with Cesaro, who's always been underutilized in WWE for the 10 years he was there. So finally he gets his chance at, w- at AEW. The fans are into him. He, 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 like I said, he worked in Ring of Honor um, with Punk and with Joe, with all these other guys that know him. And this would have been perfect for him to come to Philly to um, have that title here in Philly. But no, uh, because Jericho is um, the lone star there. And because Tony Khan has always been a Jericho mark, Jericho gets to do whatever he wants. And to the um, cost of the the company. And if you look at the ratings for last week, um, they lost mm-hmm. from they started at a million. Uh, they lost 310,000 viewers during the course of the night yeah. for, by putting by booking stupid shit. And putting on guys, putting on people that I don't know who they are. I'm supposed to be excited about a match between an AEW title match between John Moxley and some guy named Juice. Who the whoever the fuck? Who was that? No explanation, no nothing. No nothing. And nothing. if you're an AEW, like AEW fans know everything, so they are, they know who the guy is, so they go crazy. What about the people that are watching on TV that don't know who this person is? A little backstory, a little VT, a little little video, a little. Well, this is just out of nowhere. This unknown guy gets an AEW title shot. Meanwhile, you have actual homegrown talent there that the fans do want to see, like a Ricky Starks or a Powerhouse Hobbs, that can do with some TV time or some quality matches, and they're ignored. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you guys brought this up because. It- has been burning up for some time since I was last on the show. Um, first with the Chris Jericho thing. I've had AEW fans tell me, well, they put the belt on Chris Jericho because it'll Uh-oh. be easier to get a TV deal with Chris Jericho as your champion. At the at the height in, in 2022, there's no way Chris Jericho's name is big enough for him to get you a TV deal. At the height of his popularity, he wasn't a big enough name <laughs> to get no. you a TV deal. So no that's way. just ludicrous to anybody would think that at all. And and you talk about the homegrown guys. I, I, I enjoy Ricky Starks and Hobbs. I thought when they were a tag team, they should have been champions at least one time before you broke them up. Then you break them up. You have them feud with each other, two of your future stars. If they're feuding with each other, who's getting over? And then Ricky Starks gets squashed. He's just the guy. He he's not on TV for a couple of weeks. He comes back. He beats Hob, and 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 now nothing happens. They're just they're just guys now. Wardlow. They were building him up to be their Goldberg. 
And now he's just the guy. And then Tony goes, oh, I heard the fans complain. So they book him in a cold match against Brian Cage, who hasn't been on. When's the last time was Brian, Brian Cage was on? No, no Another guy who's, who's been sitting home doing nothing. And like Craig said, the, the AEW fans, they know everything. You know, you, you can do no wrong. You know, nothing is wrong to them. When MJF did all that stuff, we cut the promo and he called Tony a mark and he was the, the most talked about thing in the wrestling industry. Instead of capitalizing on that, you send the guy home for four months and he just sits there. To me, that equals when Brett left WWF, the hottest thing in wrestling, and instead of Eric Bischoff making him the biggest star, you debut the guy as a flunky for Hulk Hogan. I don't <laughs> and it's like, it's like, and and they and you listen to Meltzer and all these people talk about how smart Khan is as a booker, and he's this, and he's been he's used to had a little book where he would write his programs together when he was a kid in his notebook, and blah 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 blah. Nothing he has done has proved to me that he is a great booker, except his daddy is a billionaire, and he's paying all his favorite wrestlers to come over and do whatever they want and run the asylum. That's all he's shown me since yeah, he started this company. That's and the it. thing he's shown more than anything else, Derek, is that he's not a booker. He's never yeah. done this before in his life. Yes. You have enough money, hire someone who does mm-hmm. know what the fuck they're doing. A Steven Regal. An Arn mm-hmm. Anderson, a Tully Blanchard, a Taz, a Jim Ross, someone who is experienced with acquiring talent and being a talent talent evaluator. If I was going to, if I have a billion dollars, I'm going to open up an aquarium. I don't know shit about fish. I like fish. I don't know shit about them. But no one's buying my fish because I don't know how to sell them. Yeah. So why don't I hire somebody that, you know, some, um, people that worked in an aquarium, some marine biologists, someone that actually knows fish. Because all yeah. I know is I like fish. But I don't know how to, to run an aquarium because i never fucking done it before. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> Hire people that know what the fuck they're doing and you can, hey. I can sell my fish. I can run an aquarium. I can it's say, almost hey, like I'll we've run. seen this before, boys, haven't we, Jim Heard? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I can't imagine having all those names you named plus Jake the Snake Roberts and not going to him and going, hey, I need help. <laughs> just help me out. Or picking anybody else other than the Young Bucks, Tony Connor, anybody else other than these guys to book the fucking show. Why would yeah. you have active wrestlers as your EVP? That's just stupid to begin with. It worked a few times in the 70s and 80s, but everybody said that's their MO. Well, I, I'll book it. You ain't Lawler. Nope. You ain't Dusty. And you ain't fucking Bill Watts. So stop it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's like, By why the way, we- fuck Jerry Lawler. But as a wrestling yeah. promoter and booker, you can't fucking argue with it. No, because you know he put him, he used himself on top. And but he also the reason he why drew. He was, yes, he drew money and he was a 35 time champion because he lost so many times because he put so many other people over. Yeah, that's how Dusty. that works. Dusty lost a million times. Yes, yeah. he won a lot, but he lost a million times. Everybody talks about well, did Dusty did Dusty lost so much. Dusty bled so many times being the baby face. Don't kid yourself if you're going to use that example, at least know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, another guy that we're going to talk about uh, that also 
put him was ran his company and put himself over and but kept himself over but uh, put other people over well was Antonio Inoki but the thing is it but it'd be like if the Sixers made Embiid Harden and Maxi their EVPs yeah they're in charge of of, of basketball relations I like Joel Embiid very much but <laughs> in no world would I want him in charge no <laughs> of course I don't want the New Jersey Devils in charge of the uh the Sixers but I don't have a fucking choice here yeah so uh, it's not going to get better. Tony, as long as Tony Khan is doing the booking, exactly what we're seeing is what we're seeing. Why you've heard so many people uh, either confirm or, or deny that they asked for their release, Alistair Black, or uh, if or get in contact with Triple H, FTR, uh, whether it's true or mm-hmm. not, we know that once the, the regime changed in WWE, a lot of years in AEW pricked up. Because the reason why they're there in the first place was because of the prior administration. Now that that administration is gone, not saying the grass is greener because I'm sure they're making a hell of a lot. They're making a hell of a lot of money AEW. Not saying how much more they could make in WWE, but they wouldn't have the the quagmire of garbage that's going on in AEW. If Tony Khan knew how to run a wrestling organization, there you wouldn't have fights backstage. You wouldn't have had Andrade calling Sammy Guevara a pussy uh, in an interview. <laughs> uh, and would absolutely bo- call Sammy Guevara a pussy in chan- every chance. You wouldn't have Eddie Kingston smacking him in the face if if everything if everyone was happy with the way they're being booked. If everyone sure. is okay with their their spot. Got to guess the parents. I'm sorry, Judah. He's he's sleeping, so everybody's all right. Mommy's Hello, a- hey, it's baby Dan. It's, no, it's not. Little Dan. No, it's not. <laughs> Almost, you were that close, bro, dude. You were that close, brother. You were. Yeah, my middle name's Danielle, so I was with yeah. the whole Dan. That, cl- that close. That close. And <laughs> I was close. And, yeah. and, 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 you, and, and Derek, there's no name better than Daniel or Danielle. She didn't well, want to except, Derek. <laughs> except, except for you guys' names. I see what I did there. Just lay that on thick. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. But, That's why uh, Dan got married. Dan knows what he's doing. Um, more mad. Yeah, yeah, I try. Um, no, it's just I, I, I want to. I want to like them. I try. I'm not one of these guys that sits on Twitter all day, mostly because I don't have the time, believe it or not. Um, which, Derek, I have a story for you, too, which I, I think. Did I tell that off air, Craig? What? The story about Cowboys fans coming after me? Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell that on air because I want Derek's re- I want Derek's uh, reaction to this. Uh, I'll tell it after this. A, a short sidetrack after this. Uh, I don't sit there and try to hate on AEW. I want to like AEW. I want to like all wrestling because I love wrestling. I was watching WoW again. Yes. It was a good first show. Not upset about that. I was trying. I was trying to fit in um, MLW as well, but I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't fit it in. Whatever the last show that aired, I couldn't watch. I just didn't have the time. Um, I watched the last NXT and I was pleasantly surprised by how that show's going. Um, mm. I'm not, not, not what it was two years ago, but it was better than the last show I watched. The last NXT episode I watched, which was a long time ago. Um, yeah. But, but when you are making the decisions you're making in the face of WCW existing and dying, it's hard for us to not me, you, and millions of others to not go. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, 
What are you doing? And uh, and they, ahead, they they get mad at Bischoff because I know he's not the most popular guy, but he he criticized some of the criticism about them is fair. And whenever he criticizes Tony Khan, they get mad at him. And they go, well, you ran WCW out of business. He also had the number one company for 83 weeks during See, wrestling's now, hottest I, time. I, I, yes, he did help run WCW into the ground. But he also actually was the only guy to get it to earn a profit ever, folks. Exactly. Yeah. Ever. Exactly. And you had this little thing hanging over his head. When things got bad, and of course we all you, we all know wrestling goes in cycles. Uh, the NWA mm-hmm. went in several cycles. WCW went in a few cycles. But the last cycle was uh, kind of smacked around by this little thing called the AOL Time Warner deal. And yep. as soon as Time Warner's got their grubby little hands on it, as soon as they saw it was bad, they were like, well, we don't want this anymore. Didn't give it a chance. So nothing Bischoff did, good or bad. Not because mm-hmm. you know I have my problems with Bischoff personally and professionally. The thing, yeah, um, he was it, it, the least of the problems was Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The the side story, real quick, Derek. Okay, my friend, Real Mama Eagle, uh, Kiana, lover, uh, very prominent African American uh, streamer on Twitch, uh, Eagles fan. Which don't hold that against her, Derek. Uh, you don't hold it against me. Don't hold it against uh, Greg. No. Don't hold it against her. Um, no. uh, it was going back and forth with a bunch of Cowboys fans because they're petty and they haven't been relevant since uh, well, the 90s. I don't know. Uh, so, so I was watching for, I knew you'd be on my side on this one. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I saw them going at it and I was reading a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to. So I, uh, I sent a screenshot of the back of the Cowboys best of DVD, which only went up to 1996. <laughs> and the first problem was, is like, what does this even mean? And I'm like, of course you don't understand. Yeah. When you used to connect Twitter to your, and I'm not hiding it. I didn't delete it because that's not what this is. Um, mm-hmm. When you used to connect, yeah, this is going, this is going, this is going to make a right turn, Derek. So hold on. When I when you used to be able to connect Twitter to YouTube, when you liked a video, it automatically posted, I liked this video, and it had the link in the title. Well, yeah. unfortunately for me, Derek, 11 years ago, I watched a video about Booker T talking about the time he called Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the title of that video is called Booker T Talks About the Time He Called Hulk Hogan. Yes, yes. So they screamed, I guess they searched to see if the cracker was a racist. And they yeah. found I liked YouTube video link title and went, your boy's racist, <laughs> Mama Eagle. And she was like, that's not what that is. Stop <laughs> at it. All. That's not what that that's is all. at all. That's the only one you found that doesn't tell you something. And yeah. I said, listen, guys, this isn't the flex you think it is. This is the feature. You're young, so you don't know this, but you're new here. This is a feature used beyond YouTube. Blah, 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 blah. And then I screenshotted the video. someone with the like on it, like right there, stupid. And they were, I was like, but nice try though. The, not this white boy. I have been racist since I grew up in the teens. <laughs> there you go. Which is I funny thought, because if you're going to, if you're going to take like this racial stance, uh, you probably shouldn't root for a team owned by Jerry Jones. Who looks that like, was my, that was, you know, <laughs> that was my other point, Derek. And I'm like, yeah. 
The only other team that doesn't get a pass by white or black people is the formerly known as Schmuckskins. Because yes. I always like when somebody has something smart to say, I'm like, oh, you mean the team that was last to desegregate? Yeah. That one? Yeah. Oh, also, they were called the Redskins. Now, somebody might look at me and go, hey, Derek, you root for a team that didn't start a black quarterback till Geno Smith took over for Eli, but we also enabled LT. So, you know, it kind of. No, you guys cut Lawrence Taylor. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was himself out. That's not the same thing. No, that's no. not the same thing. Although no. you try, by the yeah. way, they were all dudes with avatars, so I'm sure half of them were uh, uh, white anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I just thought that was funny that even Real Mom Eagle was like, because I've talked, I've talked to you guys, and I've talked to her about. I said the dumbest racist shit when I was a teenager, and once I learned, oh yeah, well not when I learned, but once I realized. That's stupid. You can't, that's mm-hmm. not. And you grew up, which is something some of these, well, I mean, Cowboys fans, I mean, they, they don't know any yeah. better. Um, but I've been very open about that. I've been public on it about Twitter. The other thing he did was this boy doesn't sell, uh, uh, talk about Black Lives Matter or support it. And I just simply linked the search of all the times I tweeted about it and about Colin Kaepernick. And I was like, yeah, here you go. Shut up. And then they stopped replying. Yes, I was like, "Hey, I've been, I just, they tried to cancel me. That's good. Well, yeah, it'll be, it, it, it'll be, it'll be two years in a row, Derek. That Cowboys fans will be thinking about me the rest of the year because it happened last year too." <laughs> I guess I, I, I know a lot of Giants fans or New York fans in general hate Philly fans, hate Philly teams. I hate the Cowboys out of everybody. I hate the Cowboys and I hate the Atlanta Braves. Those are the two teams. I grew up despising. I got you. Real quick, since we're talking about race, it's 2022. Do you really need to sh- cut to the crowd every time I go? Yeah, really? I had that. I had that discussion. I was like, "Isn't it a bit much? <laughs> Isn't it a bit much now? Come on." Yeah, they still do it in Florida State for the uh, Seminoles. Yeah, he comes. It's. it's... Yeah, and you look—you look like you're doing half the chop. You're stupid anyway. Anyway, that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a cracker. Um, speaking of white things, <laughs> what a segue! What a segue! What a segue! I'm the king. Look at you. <laughs> There's been videos, both it started off TV first, and now it has been slowly transitioning. To tell, I say slowly transitioning to television but there have been little promos and little the playing of the jefferson airplane song white rabbit and spooky scary promos which is we're right in the spooky season i want to get your i want to get you guys's thoughts on it i don't want philly there i have to go to acme later and get some shrimps um derek you first of course since you are uh, uh, you since you are here this you're not our guest you're a co-host but since you're here this week with the little one um yes because i have a theory that was mm-hmm. convinced to me that existed which could be wrong because i do hope i think we're all on the same page of what we all hope it is but what do you think this is leading up to do you think it's the obvious yeah i think it's bray i i don't think he's coming alone um 
a part of me hopes it has something to do with Bo because him and Bo just makes sense. I don't know why they never did it to begin with. But, um, yeah, I think it's Bray. Uh, I saw things that linked him to Dexter Loomis, which would make sense why Dexter Loomis is just running wild on poor Miz for no reason and no explanation. Um, yeah, I think it's Bray. And not for nothing, uh, I know he gets a lot of flack for his characters, but he, he he's a different type of cat, which can help you in this crazy wrestling business where it seems like everybody has the same ideas. The fact that he thinks outside the box, it kind of makes him stand out. And the fact that he hasn't been on television in what, what, what they, they released him a year ago? A year and a half, and something the, like that. Yeah he's, most, yeah, he's the most talked about thing other than Sammy and, and, and the bloodline shows you the kind of brain the kid has. And he and he's had, if you think about it, he's had to rebuild himself a couple times because every time he had something that gained traction, Vince would destroy it. <laughs> Whether it was it was the the the, the, the Louisiana Swamp guy mm-hmm. and they ruined Fiend and that in the stuff with Jeff uh with Matt Hardy. They they've ruined everything he's and he still managed to build himself up. So I think he should be applauded for that. And maybe it comes from the fact that he comes from a wrestling family and you know he paid attention to grandpa and daddy and he kind of has a mind for the business. Kind of like that Cody Rhodes guy who ran out of AEW when he saw things getting faster, crazy. faster than you could say, Hey, you want to come back to oh and, <laughs> and once his NDA runs out, best believe he's gonna oh. yeah. Oh that's good. But yet another person symptomatic of of AEW. If everything was cool, he'd still be there. But obviously he knew it wasn't because he knows Mm -hmm. wrestling and the the guys he's working with, his EVPs, didn't know shit about wrestling. Don't. Don't know shit about wrestling. Uh, Uh, Mr. Lagans. Sure. I I, uh, believe uh, everything that that Derek said. I believe that this is uh, White Rabbit. Um, I always said that Bray Wyatt was the best um, when in the heyday of the Wyatt family and the Shield, and you had two of the best factions the WWE had ever had at the same time. And Bray Wyatt himself um, was just a major. He was this millennium's Undertaker. Um, mm-hmm. You could have made him that because of the incredible charisma that he had, um, his interviews, his promos, his presence very good in the ring like again because he's he's been around he's third generation he knows the business better than anything he got himself in tremendous shape when he in on his last comeback uh i don't know how much of it was his idea the whole fiend thing and how much of it was vince i'm pretty sure he probably didn't want to set himself on fire or have his character set on fire in the ring out of his mind yeah, I still maintain the the firehouse, uh, funhouse of death match, cinematic match with John Cena, is still the absolute worst thing I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling because it's not wrestling; it was just a, a goddamn sketch um, that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I don't know how much of that that was him and how much of that was Vince, um, or why he left. How, how much of that did he? his ideas not be listened to or did Vince want him to do something that he didn't want to do? Um, I don't know. So when he does come back and I firmly believe he will, I'm hoping it'll be this Saturday in Philadelphia. Um, but it will be uh, something uh, special. And with like another one of the returns, this will be the biggest return under Triple H's watch 
we've ever had. And he's had a quite a bit of great returns. Um, still holding out hope that he treats carrying cross the right way. Yes. Uh, I I'm getting used to him with the hair. I still think he's better without the hair, <laughs> but anything's better than that dominatrix outfit they had him wear. And that he has Scarlet, so you got plenty to uh to work with. So yeah, the white rabbit is um Bray Wyatt got everyone talking. I didn't even know what the hell it was, but mm-hmm. apparently there's still house shows going on. I didn't think the WWE even had even had <laughs> house shows, but everyone was talking about White Rabbit, White Rabbit, and how they play and how they play it during the commercial breaks. And it was trending worldwide. I was like, what the hell is this? Wait. And it's the actual song. So um and Derek, I didn't even think about Bo Dallas, but you're absolutely right. That would be an awesome return for both of those guys to come back with matching beards and hair. There you go, yeah. Because they look at when they have when they both have the same facial yes. hair or when they both clean shaven, you could tell exactly. the brothers right away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now what I was gonna say doesn't sound as cool. Um <laughs> yes, I do I do think it is uh Bray Wyatt, but uh I was talking to Russ and uh he had this theory. This is this little this little left turn in the middle of all this that the white rabbit is actually Oscar and that Bray Wyatt would come back back as the big bad wolf and mm. I'm okay with this because anything to make either one of them untouchable with the right and actually have them be untouchable this time because I I I thought that I didn't hate the gimmick matches as much as Craig did. I under he's not the only one that feels that way. I get it. I I don't have an argument against it. They were okay, um, or worse. <laughs> they were okay or worse. I'll say it like that. But the thing I didn't have problem with is, and I think Craig and I kind of came eye to eye on this one at one point. <laughs> came eye to eye. You make your own jokes, folks. Uh, it would have been fine if Vince didn't cut him off at the knees each time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the matches, but the fact that he was the character that he was, who's just had 20 years of the undertaker. You had the guy ready to go. And mm-hmm. every time, every, was, every time, time he was your world champion yep. and you, you have him lose to Randy Orton. Why does Randy Orton need another title? Yeah. What? Doesn't at, at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. You had him join the Wyatt family, have him break off, and then you have him lose the title to Randy Orton. Why yeah. Randy Orton does not need another championship? Nope. At all. He's been with the company 20 years. Bray Wyatt, your star of the future, that too needs a title. That too needs a run with it. You got to make new stars. I said the same thing about Sheamus. Sheamus has been with the company 15 years. 15 years. Why is he still in a semi-main event? You haven't made any new stars in 15 years? There's nobody else on the largest roster in the history of professional wrestling. Nobody you can look at and say, yeah, let's plug this guy in. Let's make him part of the grade eight. Nobody. Let's keep growing the same guys. Week out, week in, week, week out. We have the same tag teams. They haven't made, put any new tag teams over. There's not been a, a brand new tag team on either show yeah. in two years. It's been the same ones over yeah. and over again. Make new stars. Dental and, star, and dental star I just one. want to say that real quick, the side note is the reason why I wanted it to be Oscar so bad because I still think she got ripped off. 
the same way, similar, not the same characters, but similarly, every time undefeated, almost completely undefeated in NXT was so far over. It was, it was not even funny. And every time she got it, you cut off her at, at the knees as well. So if they're going to do that with Bray, which there's no reason why Triple H without daddy over his shoulder or daddy-in-law over his shoulder going, now do that, Pally. Shouldn't do it. I want it to rub off on Asuka because she's own, earned that. That's the only reason I'm entertaining that as an alternate idea. Because other than that, yeah, of course it's Bray Wyatt. I don't, I, how could it be anybody else at this point? Yeah. As, yeah. Good. No, I was going to say, and <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Asuka because I, I, I think when she's utilized correctly she's amazing i mean even when they're not using her correctly she's still amazing in the ring and when you brought her up getting cut off at the knees is just i just remember her tapping out to charlotte at wrestling and i like charlotte and i remember her tapping i out like to- charlotte too but that's stupid yeah when she tapped out and i was like why what what did charlotte gain from this there was nothing to be gained nothing from at all she was made what? by <laughs> all you did was hurt oscar again it's the same. It's literally the same thing we just talked about when uh, Bray lost to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Why? Because his last name's Orton. That's it. You Stupid. She was undefeated for two years, and she wins the Royal Rumble. She wins the World Championship, and what killed her more than the the tap out to Charlotte was. The same night that you're celebrating Asuka, Ronda, they, Ronda Rousey debuts. Yes. Completely takes her. God, I even fucking forget about that, man. Yeah. yeah. T- yeah. Took her. Took her entire. Took away all of her focus. Yeah. Gone. That, yeah, that's like. <laughs> it's like when our boy Tony Khan had Adam Cole come out and make him look like a star fresh off of NXT and then had Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryan walk out five minutes later and he just yeah. didn't matter. Nope. Took them all, take take all the shine away. And it's the same thing with, with Shinsuke Nakamura, who won the Royal Rumble that year by defeating Roman Reigns. And his WrestleMania moment was was ruined. Um, another guy that you know you could you could build back up, but he's invisible. Um, yeah, make new stars and all star watching. Uh, speaking of new stars, now here's my segue. Uh, we talked about uh, how the guys from Vice TV, makers of Tales of the Terri- Tales from the Territory and Dark Side of the Ring, are making a Vince McMahon um, documentary. Well, independent of them, a brand new movie is going to be shot uh, called Iron Claw, and mm-hmm, it is right, the yeah. story of the Von Erichs. The Von Erichs are getting the treatment. The silver screen treatment, major motion picture. We've always said any wrestling fan who's ever known anything about the Von Erics, this is a movie. And yeah. there have been countless documentaries, Heroes of World Class, even the WWE sanitized version of World Class. <laughs> talked about it. Uh, the <laughs> Dark Side, the first episode of The Dark Side of the Ring, the saga of the Von Erics. Uh, mm-hmm. That could have been three hours because uh, yeah. there's so many stories, but they're getting the major motion picture treatment. Zach Efron will be playing Kevin. Um, God, the guy who just stars in The Bear, who was in he was in Shameless, he's going to be um, Carrie and Holt Holt McEnany, McElhenney, one of my favorite character actors. He was in uh, Lights Out on FX. 
He is in the Dark Knight. I'm sorry, uh, Batman vs Superman. Uh, so many other things. Um, the the losers. Look him up. Great character actor. He's playing Fritz, and he's perfect. That's all I'm saying. We don't know who Holt, Holt McElhenney is. He's a perfect casting choice for Fritz von Eric. But it's called Iron Claw. It'll be out like every other movie on Earth. It'll be out in 2024. Um, <laughs> but uh, I cannot wait <laughs> to see it. And the fact that it's Sorry. being the fact that it's being done though is a major yeah. major achievement because I didn't think it would happen. Um, at least not in 2022. I thought there would be a Von Eric movie, it would have been done already. But um, Kevin Kevin Von Eric is the executive producer, so um, it'll oh, get the full treatment. I, yeah. That I did not know. Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, we all know it's going to be a sad fucking ending. Jesus, yeah, yeah. God damn, there's uh, like, uh, ugh. But uh, Kevin and his sons are still active, so that's your your happy ending. Now that's Ross right, yeah. and Marshall von Eric are in their mid thirties, and I still don't know why they never got a, a at least an NXT tryout. They had some great mm-hmm. matches in MLW, and they wrestled exclusively in Hawaii. But um, there is hope. There are other binary children. They don't have to be wrestlers, but um, it's not. Oh, I'm I'm saying it's not a because there is a Kevin. There is not. It's not a sad ending because Kevin is happy. Um, I mean, he's made his peace with what happened in life. And if you watch your homework assignment, watch Dark Side of the Ring, the 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 tale of the Von Erics, you'll see a very centered Kevin Von Erich telling his story. Uh, any man that loses. All four of his brothers and his father, um, you know, you 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 can't blame him for any uh, resentment or aggression or or bitterness or anything. But mm-hmm. the man is just as calm as he always was. Um, just like he, when he talks about wrestling, when he talks about his family, when he talks about he's 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 always Kevin. Yeah, I I remember, I don't know if it was Heroes of World Class, but it ended with him and they asked him if he was sad. And he goes, you know, I used to be sad. And then I realized that I got to spend 20 plus years with my amazing brothers. And he goes, a lot of people don't get to say that. So, yeah, he definitely has uh, an amazing perspective on all the tragedy. It's going to be a very sad movie throughout. And other than the upcoming Wakanda forever. This is probably my most anticipated movie, just because like you said, Craig, I never thought we was going to get a Von Eric movie. And if we did get it done, I thought it'd be like one of those cheesy type movies, but it's, it's going to be done professionally. It's going to be done with care. And I put it on your post, Dan. I was like, I wonder if I could get a, you know, cast as an extra as Iceman, you know? Oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot. I was at work and I forgot to like that, but yes, excellent. Very good point. I love Iceman so much, but um, yeah. I made when you weren't on the show, dude. I made the point. Why are all these documentaries and not one of them's got fucking Iceman on it? And I, I was going to bring that up, Dan, uh, because if anyone knows the stories about the Von Erics or everything that happened in World Class, it was him because that's, he that's was what I'm right saying. in what the, the fuck? middle. Of it. Uh, but we're we're talking about uh, Tales from the Territory. Uh, the series that starts tonight, they're starting in Memphis, but they're going, the territories are going through a Memphis, Mid-South, AWA, Polynesian Pacific Pro, where Rock's father and grandfather wrestled. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Florida. So Kevin Sullivan's gone to Georgia Championship Wrestling and World Class. Okay. So 
they're going to, and that's going to include Kevin Von Eric, Michael Hayes, uh, Brian Adidas, who the, turns out Brian Adidas and Kevin Von Eric hadn't seen each other in 35 years before oh, they did this territory. And I'm hoping they got Iceman too. The only reason I can I can think of, gentlemen, is that I they had to have asked him. He just said no. Yeah, he just doesn't want to be. Yeah. He, he he maybe doesn't want anything want any part of it. And and that's his right. I I can't blame him. I just said I want to hear it from you yes. because you were there more than yes. any just as much as anyone else. He was outside of the Von Erics. He was the number one face in world class during the '80s during that incredible ride that the Von Erics had when world class yes. was the top territory in the NWA and had more viewers in the WWF in the eighties. Yeah. I want to hear from him. Like I said, I, I remember being a kid and my grandfather had these tapes and he popped in the tape and they used to do these vignettes when Iceman was coming. He was like breaking big blocks of ice. And I remember me and my brother TV, like, what, is, who is this? Look at his hair. Who is this guy? So I would let, yeah, he's, he has, I haven't seen him in anything. I would yeah. love just, Hear, hear from him but you know some of these guys that get out the business and they just don't have anything else to do with it yeah. so, and like yeah. i said and like i said yeah. like if that's how he feels i can't i can't blame him i'm not can't gonna blame him yeah yeah it's like if he says he's done he's done i get it but just know Iceman, who wherever you are we'd love yeah. to hear from you I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear just one story he made i've only seen him wrestle once in person was when joe goodhart um, was running the the uh, Tri-State Wrestling Organization oh, no, here yeah, yeah. when he paid out of his own pocket guys to fly into Philly and did incredible matches and people I'd never saw live. I never thought I'd see live, but were wrestling here in Philly. I got to see Jerry Lawler versus Austin Idol. I got to see Jim Cornette manage the fabulous ones. And I got to see um, Nikita Koloff go up against uh, Iceman Parsons and Iceman came out to his entrance music. Get this, Ice Ice Baby, uh. <laughs> and the place went nuts. <laughs> but he had the he had the, the the jumpsuit on. He had the bald head yeah. with the cornrows on the side, oh. and he was. I got to see him in person. I never thought I'd see him in person, but thank you to Joe Goodhart uh, for doing it. Uh, but yes, uh, world class is going to be one of the many. Uh, episodes on Tales from the Territory debuting tonight. We're taping this on a Tuesday, uh, 10 o'clock on Vice TV. Do yourself a favor and uh, watch and listen and learn about how wrestling used to be. Now, before we get into the wrestling historian, uh, because Derek doesn't have long and it's kind of attached to the historian, I do want to get his thoughts before he goes to take care. He's a tired papa and he has a little baby to take care of. Uh, and you can't see because uh, you're not privileged enough. Um, <laughs> we wanted to get your thoughts before you go because it's going to go into the historian segment. Uh, we lost arguably one of the biggest, the biggest name, certainly the biggest name in Japanese wrestling, but one of Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Antonio Inoki. He, he died at 79 years old, Craig. 79 um, years old, yes. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, the impact of Tony Onoki in your life as a wrestling fan. So my introduction to him as a child was he would pop up randomly on WCW television. And they did the show in Korea. Um, so that's why I originally was introduced to him during that. And then my father and my brother being older wrestler fans than me, they introduced me to all this other stuff he had did and all the innovation he did over in Japan and how he was this huge star 
my dad would tell me stories about how he he actually beat Bob Backlund for the WWF title, even though it's not recognized because they wanted to keep him happy. And of course, they showed me the stuff with Ali. And just the stuff he did with Ali, I think, kind of shows how big of a deal he was in his heyday. Um, Ali being the biggest boxer in the world and Anoki at the time being the biggest wrestler in the world and him legit kicking Ali to the point he had blood clots in his legs because you know he was afraid to get hurt but um he was a major star and you just look at everybody who's um who's paying tribute to the guy in his death and uh it shows you just how massive of a star he was and as I got older and I started to read more about his business practices and you know his little run-ins with the Yakuza but he, it's a very it's he's a very interesting guy and if you're watching this and you don't know anything about him uh spend a night googling and just read about all the innovation and things he came up with and the new Japan and the stuff with him and Baba like everything it's such an amazing story and we talk about Devon Eric's Devon Eric's having a movie I would pay good money to see an Antonio Inoki movie done the right way by Hollywood because that's a hell of a story somebody could tell too. Well, he's, it's not a uh, leading uh, white role, no. so uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can see Bobby Lee doing it. Uh, no, the, oh God, uh, Antonio Inoki is um, what to Japan is would be what The Rock, Stone Cold, and Hulk Hogan combined would be here in this country because Antonio Inoki uh, was not only the most popular wrestler in Japan and in Japan, it was, it's, it's baseball and it's wrestling. And Antonio Inoki was uh, the guy in wrestling. He and Giant Bob are arguably the two biggest names in Japanese wrestling history outside of Ricky, Ricky Dozan and Ricky Dozan was the one who discovered both of them. Um, (laughs) And they would start, you know, they're competing all Japan, Baba, New Japan, and Tony Winoki. And when he was announced that he'd be fighting Muhammad Ali, a boxer versus wrestler, no one in this country had heard of Antonio Winoki. I'm your dad's age, Derek, and I hadn't heard of Antonio Winoki. Everyone heard of Muhammad Ali. Next thing you know, Antonio Winoki's name was on the cover of every newspaper, every sport magazine, Sports Illustrated, Wide World of Sports was talking about it. And Antonio Inoki was everywhere, but there was no, there was no video on him. There was no, there's no tapes. There's no internet. There's no wrestling magazines. So I had to find out about Antonio Inoki um, just through word of mouth and how good he was. Now the fight with uh, Muhammad Ali, which I saw live June 30th, 1976 at the the beautiful air conditioned Philadelphia spectrum uh, on closed circuit TV. Uh, was going to be a boxer versus wrestler until at least people went to Anoki told him he couldn't shoot, he couldn't strike, he couldn't grapple. So what we saw was 15 rounds of Antonio Anoki on his back and Muhammad Ali trying to get him to get up. So it, uh, it, the shoot turned into a work. But the leg sweeps that you talked about uh, Derek, you're right. He caught Ali three times. Ali went down three times from those weeping leg kick, and it caused blood clots in his legs so bad that Ali couldn't push off correctly in all future fights. That's what led to his loss to Leon Spinks, yes. a guy that only had seven professional fights. 
but because Ali couldn't get off that, because boxing is opposite, you want to throw with your right hand, you push off on your left leg. The mm-hmm. left leg that Antonio Inoki kicked was swollen and red, and Ali had to have it operated on later on in his life. And yeah. because there was a, a chance that had he not got it operated on, he would have lost it. Mm-hmm. But that was the damage that Antonio Inoki's kicks did to him. Antonio yeah. Inoki and Muhammad Ali later became friends and very close. Uh, Inoki attended Ali's funeral, was an honored guest there. And Antonio Inoki, with that fight against Muhammad Ali and his insistence at professional wrestling, he took on other boxers. He took on Leon Spinks. He took on other guys, judo experts. He took on karate experts. Antonio Inoki is indirectly responsible for the rise of MMA in the world. He created the League of Combat Sports. If there was no Antonio Inoki, it's very conceivable there would be no UFC. He brought that to the United States. He brought it to a worldwide audience with his that one fiasco with Muhammad Ali, but that gave rise to the MMA. And if you, you Derek, you told the fans to, to watch Antonio Noki, YouTube, Google, for a laugh, a really good laugh, Antonio Noki versus the great Antonio, narrated <laughs> by Bill, narrated by Bill Burr. Bill Burr, yep. I watched that independent of him. I watched it for years. I used to watch it once a week just because it cracked me up. But HIAC fans, viewers, if you have not seen it, please, I beg of you. Antonio Noki versus the great Antonio, narrated by Bill Burr, the funniest hero. He's week. just smacking the fat guy around. And this fat fuck's trying to hit Antonio for real. And watch Antonio what he what he does. It's the third time. And just starts kicking the living shit out of him. him. He's just kicking the living shit out of him. (laughs) Oh, fuck. No, he was not a guy. But but thank you for your memories, uh, Derek. Um, He was was a legend and and a member of the Japanese parliament just because of his his popularity as a wrestler. Just because he was Antonio goddamn Inoki. You think Hulk Hogan could run for office? No. 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 Just because he's popular? No. Antonio Inoki? Uh, smart guy knew the business. You know, although these days, I don't know. Yeah, might fit the criteria. Yeah, yeah. And while we were talking about the past and the uh, the passing of the great legend, and the talk and talking about tales of the territory and how wrestling used to be, uh, let's go back and talk about how great it used to be. And a little segment I like to call the wrestling historian. <laughs> As luck would have it, Dan, if you're looking back in this week of professional wrestling, we're going back to September 30th, 1960. Of all mm. and of all places, Tokyo, Japan. Would you believe so on September 30th, 1960, the Japanese Wrestling Association, the JWA, held a, uh, a a card in a high school in Yamaguchi, Japan. Uh, and in this bout, uh, put on by the JWA, was the debut of two new wrestlers making their first ever matches, wrestling their first ever matches. On September 30th, 1960, one of them, the six foot 11 inch giant Baba. And in a separate match, making his wrestling debut at 19 years old, Antonio Inoki. Isn't that ironic? The two greatest names in the history of professional wrestling in Japan made their debuts on the same night on the same card. Jesus. 
or the Japanese Wrestling Association, the JWA, Giant Baba um, would stay with the, J- the Japanese Wrestling Association. Antonio Inoki would leave to try to start his own company, which he did. He'd call it New Japan. Baba would call it All Japan. And those two would have a rivalry for the rest of their career, professional rivalry. Uh, Baba would main event made at Madison Square Garden. He wrestled all three world champions at one point in his career. He, he wrestled Bruno in the garden. He wrestled Lufez uh, in St. Louis. He wrestled Vern Gagne. Uh, and this bothered Antonio Inoki that he uh, never got that type. He was went to Nashville, Tennessee, wrestling for 50 bucks a pop uh, with the with the and in Tennessee, the Mid South Coliseum, uh, that's to get his uh, to get his um, his wow. experience. Man. But when he did, when he got when he stayed in shape, trained by the legendary Carl Gotch, he became the single greatest wrestler in Japanese wrestling history. Uh, his matches against, uh, like you said, Bob Backlund, um, he saw Baba getting his um, uh, title matches the NWA title every time a visiting champion would come to the NWA, not every time, but they could drop it up, drop it to Baba and pick it up on the way back at the end of the week. Antonio and Noki never got that. Their relationship with WWF um, Backlund only came once the title match title switch was never uh, recognized by the WWF. Um, And Antonio coming only once is probably annoying. Yes. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, but Antonio Inoki also, because of his appearance fee, uh, he gave uh, Vince McMahon a million dollars for his appearance on a Madison Square Garden card and then helped Vince fund the first WrestleMania. Um, mm. And uh, Vince, of course, welched on the deal because uh, it's Vince. The, the WWF never, the, the uh, Antonio Inoki's New Japan never got Hulk Hogan when he was WWE champion there and never had Backlund. Uh, Obviously, it was too late to get Bruno or Pedro. So uh, the uh, but uh, Antonio Inoki uh, carved out his own path and made two of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Um, we talked earlier in the in the first segment about uh, him running the company, but putting other guys over um, at the International Wrestling Grand Prix Championship, the first tournament that would become an annual tournament for twenty years, but the first one. Bob, uh, Antonio Inoki went up against Hulk Hogan and everyone expected Hogan to, to lose to Antonio Inoki because it was his his uh, champion. It was his um, organization and, and uh, his tournament. He was clotheslined off the uh, ring apron and was knocked out and Hogan won the title by count out. Now they're saying it was a shoot or was it a work? No one ever has ever corroborated the story, but Hulk Hogan became the first IWGP champion and became the biggest American star in Japan until Stan Hansen. And that's what fueled his run in AWA and later the WWF. But he was a made man in Japan because of Antonio Inoki. The other time, um, he was debuting a wrestler called Big Van Vader in Japan. Oh. <laughs> uh, and in going against Antonio Inoki and Van Vader squashed Antonio Inoki in three minutes and the fans in J- Japan were screaming bullshit in Japanese throwing seat cushions into the ring a riot started Vader had to be escorted from the ring with 13 police officers but 
Antonio I started a riot for that too. But Antonio Noki made Big Van Vader's career with that by putting himself by putting Vader over. And thank God he made the call to Leon White because his first call was to Jim's help to Jim Helwig. He was oh, going to be Vader. Christ. But if it wasn't for Vince offering <laughs> him his spot back, like can you imagine the nightmare that would have been? But yes, the original Vader was going to be the ultimate warrior. Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, Antonio Inoki, um, his legend is always going to be cemented. It's maybe the, the him, Baba, and Ricky Dozan are the three single biggest influences in Japanese wrestling history. And Antonio more so. Yeah, Antonio more so for his impact on, on MMA, on shoot fighting, um, and the, the careers he started and made Hulk Hogan, Vader, uh, Tetsumi Fujinami, Tiger Mask. Uh, Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid matches that made Cactus Jack want to be a wrestler all took place under Antonio Inoki's um, New Japan. Um, and he was a, um, but he made his debut September 30th, 1960, on the same day as Giant Baba. And uh, on this day, Dan, in fashion wrestling, October 4th, um, 17 years ago, uh, the Raw Homecoming. We got to see um, everyone in the ring, Dusky Rhodes, holding court with uh, such luminaries as Arn Anderson, Harley Race, Hacksaw Duggan, Mula, Ted DiBiase, Ricky Steamboat, and him, saw him doing his thought. The memories served me well. Arn Anderson be beating up me upside the head. Superstar Billy Graham, I don't know if he's going to get me with the bear hug or the full Nelson. Mula had no equal. Jimmy Hart, manager of Immortal Man. Immortal Man. Teddy Biasi. And the one thing I need to say about Harley Race. Yeah, we just skipped over Teddy Biasi. Harley Race. And then Rob Conway, future NWA champion, came out and started running down all the legends. And they were in Dallas, Texas. Yep. And uh, how dare you crack whip with Arn Anderson? How dare you crack whip with the American Dream? Harley Races punches him. Jim Duggan punches him. Dusty Rhodes gives him the flip-flop and fly. And then Kevin Von Erich gives him the iron claw. <laughs> and he holds him down for Jimmy Snooker to give him the flying body press. But the big thing was and the we skipped iron that claw. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Pass that part. In fact, never watch this again. <laughs> and also what happened on this date today, October 4th, 1999, you probably remember where you were because this is a very special uh, WCW, uh, Monday Nitro. Um, I don't know what you to lead with. Um, the first time that um, I'll leave with um, the Owen Hart tribute match between Bret Hart and yeah. Chris Benoit. Yes, with the special guest announcer, Harley Race. Harley Race, yes. And what I always like pointing out about that is Bobby Heenan, still being bobby was the and i i've seen people since then kind of give him shit for it the right thing to do was bobby being bobby and doing his bobby thing during that match what it wouldn't have been the same without it yeah no way and also the thing that came out of that match the bret hart versus chris benoit uh brett when brett putting uh trying to get chris benoit on the sharpshooter 
uh, was part of the opening credits of Malcolm in the Middle. For you sharp-eyed viewers, can remember the opening credits of Malcolm in the Middle? I remember that at all. Yes. Um, that was with because Malcolm's looking at TV, and one of them was Bret huh. Hart putting in the sharpshooter on. All the wrestling things, one. that's the one they went with. Yep. Huh? Hey, I don't mind. <laughs> and on that same night, uh, teaming up for the very first time to go up against the team, the team of Sting and Luger, um, it was the tag team of Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Managed by Harley Race. Something that's, I yep. thought I'd see. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, not a bad that, not a bad Nitro. Nitro. Even in those days, Nitro had uh, it had its moments. The mm-hmm. moments were fewer, but they they were there. Yeah. And uh, so I can't believe it's been five years, but someone that will feature prominently in tonight's episode of um, Tales from the Territory. We lost five years ago. We lost the great Lance Russell, um, ah. the voice of Memphis wrestling. Um, the, the some would say the Gordon Soley of the South, um, a really great guy and just in uh, just in unmistakable voice, and uh, someone who's again got great stories and I would have loved to have heard him on this uh, Tales from the Territory. But you'll be hearing his voice quite a bit, and if you're a wrestling fan, you grew up in uh, in uh, in Memphis or South, or you traded tapes like me. Of the all the great matches that happened in Memphis and anything involving Jerry Lawler, like you said, Dan, with people that we know are gone, they're not gone because you go, will always hear Lance Russell. You can always hear the voice of Lance Russell anytime you want, as long as you want, because there's so many great calls, so many great times, and so he hit him with a pile driver. Oh, now come on, Jerry, that's enough. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Jerry, that's enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we lost a great Lance Russell five years ago. Uh, and that, gentlemen and ladies, has been the Wrestling Historian. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Legon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83, H-I-A-C, talkradio.com. I love being able to see that say that URL again. Go there. Uh, go there or go any there. podcast app. Uh, and type in HIC Talk Radio with our new logo again. Everything's new. The look of the show, the uh, the look of the streams, the look of everything's new. I did a little overhaul. We have the same HIAC uh, logo, but the network logo now matches the logo of everything. Uh, and Craig is it got his backgrounds back, so it looks better again. It looks good again, not better. Can't look better when you already got Craig. But HIC Talk Radio.com. Thank you, Mr. Derek McDonald. Thank you, Craig Lagans. I am the above average comedian, Dan Calachico. Keep it on the paper. Always swallow. On outside right now, go, listen to Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. And I want you to scream the whole URL out loud and run back inside for the cops. Um, if you're sitting at work right now, you're working the night shift, listen to this show. Punch somebody in the head and tell them to listen to Hell in Talk Radio. <laughs> if you have it on your iPod and you're on the bus, just, just the man, next Especially if he's a fat son of a gun trying to get on his um, <laughs> scooter, just tell him, you better listen to Hell in Talk Radio or I'm going to pop the tires in your scooter. Tell them that. <laughs>